Yo, what's up, everybody? I'm Sean Devlin. And I'm Duncan Stevenson. And welcome to the sixth episode of The Stride. In today's episode, we'll be joined by Margot Snipe, a former president of the Student Athlete Advisory Committee and athlete on the volleyball team at Georgetown University. Uh, but before we get to that interview with Margot, we'd obviously be remiss if we didn't mention the events that have taken place over the past couple of weeks in our country. Um, we stand with those peacefully protesting the murder of George Floyd and the systemic racism that African-Americans face in the United States on a daily basis. Um, and our discussion with Margo today will touch on these issues. Everything that has been happening really goes to show how important good leadership is in our country right now and how needed it is. There are plenty of examples of how good leadership has united people throughout these times. And it is imperative that people step up and continue these efforts daily. So with that being said, let's move on to our conversation with Margo. All right, here we go. We'd like to welcome on Margo Snipe. At Georgetown, Margo was a member of the women's volleyball team and president of the Student Athlete Advisory Committee. She majored in psychology while also earning minors in journalism and French. She held news internships positions at CNN, The Marshall Project, and CBS. And in 2019, she was a Chips Quinn Scholar for diversity in journalism. So Margo, how are you doing? Hi guys, thanks for having me. Yeah, no, we're excited to have you on. Yeah. 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 Um, first question, like always, uh, every guest that comes on to the stride, uh, staple of our podcast. Um, what do you believe is the most important quality of a good leader? Uh, one thing I think really the most important thing is caring about whatever you're leading and whoever you're leading. Um, I think any leader has to care about their cause, their mission, their purpose, um, and the people who are around them. So that's what I'd say is the most important quality because I think everything else kind of falls into place. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I mean, if there's no care for what you're doing, you know, you're not going to be a good leader at, about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, people, the people you're, you're leading are kind of see right through that, mm -hmm. um, you know, not follow your kind of passion for your cause helps give you that mandate to lead, I think, so yeah. Also keeping an open environment, like I think if you care, people will be more comfortable, you can talk about things, you can make progress that way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you show it, people will lead it, It'll lead behind yeah. you and show it as well. But, and yeah. you attract people who are also passionate, I think. Yes, yes, I like that. So now moving on to a little bit about your experience in high school. Um, you attended the American Overseas School of Rome in Italy. So can you just talk about your experience there and what you kind of learned from it? Yeah, so I moved from Virginia to Rome, Italy the year before I started high school. So the summer before I started freshman year of high school. And I was there for three and a half years and then finished like half a year of high school in New Jersey. Um, it was interesting. I mean, I learned how to speak Italian. I learned about a different culture. Um, I went to an international school. So a lot of different people from a lot of different countries, um, which meant a lot of different perspectives. Um, I played volleyball in an Italian club, which forced me to learn the language a little bit more because it was all in Italian. Right. <laughs> um, got to travel a lot more. Yeah. Which, yeah, was all pretty great. Nice. So you talked a little bit about 
learning from all different people and different types of perspectives. So could you just talk about what that kind of taught you and how that has made you a better leader? Mm -hmm. That's an interesting question. I think it comes with, um, I guess, understanding that the, anyone you're working with comes with their own story, culture, understanding of the world. Um, and yours might not always be right or a willingness to be open to that other perspective, I think is important. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess listening to the other side, I think is important and just understanding where people are coming from culturally or anything like that. Right. Yeah. I mean, that, and that reminds me back to our conversation with uh, Sean's head coach, uh, swimming coach, Jack Levitt, and how he said, you know, one of the biggest misconceptions of sports is that everyone should be treated equally, especially at the collegiate level or an environment where everyone has such different backgrounds. Um, because, you know, if you have people with such different life experiences, you know, you can't expect them to all react to certain things in the same way. It's just not going to happen. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, I think that. that's very important. Yeah. It's very um, relevant today. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Couldn't be more relevant. Um, so, yeah, I think that was, that was a great point. Um, so, yeah, after your time in Rome, uh, come over to, back to the States and walk on to Georgetown's volleyball team where you're able to work your way up the depth chart to an important role in a squad playing in every game, appearing in every game. Um, so can you just talk about that process and how you're able to kind of carve out a role on the team and um, a leadership role as well? Um, sure. This is interesting. I've been thinking about it now that I'm done. Um, basically when I came onto the team, my biggest thing was, can I just like, I just want to play, like, will I ever be able to work my way up to time on the court? And then like reflecting, I got an opportunity to do a lot more than that, which is why we're talking, I guess. Um, I got to play a lot. I got a lot of playing time and I got to work with Georgetown Athletics Administration, with SAC, our Student Athlete Advisory Committee. Um, I got to serve as team captain. So I guess in terms of the process, I think it was just 100%, if not more, dedication to volleyball because I loved it. Um, so actually enjoying the process of getting better. And then I think on the same lines, enjoying the process of making the community better, which I think that's how I got involved in the Student Athlete Advisory Committee. Um, so yeah, I guess that was a process there. Yeah, so as you just mentioned, the Student Athlete Advisory Committee, talking a little bit about more about that, as you were the president your senior year, can you describe to our listeners what the committee's function is and discuss what inspired you to get involved with the committee? Yeah, um, so SAC, the Student Athlete Advisory Committee, serves, I see it as like two different functions. One function for the Georgetown community specifically and another function for the bigger NCAA. So we represent student athletes at our school um, and the president, the executive board, SAC members are voices for the Georgetown community in terms of relaying messages to our Georgetown administration. So our athletic director, Lee Reed or um, other senior administrators hosting events and supporting student athletes. And then the other side of that is NCAA. So we have Big East reps. Basically our Georgetown SAC reports up 
concerns or ideas, initiatives, um, opinions about Big East stuff. And Big East reports up to NCAA so that our voices are heard. And that's for um, NCAA schools across the country. Right. Yeah, so it sounds like you kind of acted like a bridge there uh, between administration and athletes. Um, so what was your approach kind of as, um, as the face of that bridge as president of the committee? Uh, what was your approach to just kind of making the Georgetown athletic community, you know, as successful, welcoming, prosperous as possible? Um, you mentioned uh, just passion for the cause. Was that uh, part of it, just, you know, showing as much passion? Or what was your kind of mindset? in that role? I think it was starting, you kind of always have to start from where are we now and what do we need most? And I think that's what I spent most of the summer before senior year where I served as SAC president. Um, I spent that summer thinking a lot about where we are and where we need to go, what we need most. And our biggest goal going into the year was creating a better sense of community between teams and, um, and a better line of communication between administration, because that's something we've heard from student athletes and part of my experience I'd heard and people on my team always wanted to be closer to other teams. So that's where we started. Then from there, we just made sure all of our events or all, our, all of our initiatives worked towards that goal and then thought about how we could leverage administration in in that and how they could support us um and then also like addressing road bumps along the way even now we're in this big nationwide if not international conversation about racism and stuff like that and issues like that we had sexual assault conversations in my year how does a student athlete advisory committee support student athletes in those conversations and how do we make sure that georgetown athletics is doing the best it can to be better so I think taking issues as they come yeah yeah I think that's when I was on the committee with you I think that's one thing you did very very well is creating that safe space for athletes to talk and feel like their voice is heard and just um really getting everyone involved and you did a great job of that thank you yeah but uh so throughout your time at Georgetown during the summers and with your minor, you experienced a lot in the world of journalism and communication with your internships at CNN, the Marshall Project, and CBS. So what inspired you to pursue journalism as a profession? So for me, journalism, I kind of came into the, I came into college kind of knowing I wanted to do journalism. I didn't know if I wanted to do public relations or journalism, what side I wanted to be on um, and how it would look for me. So after sophomore year, I tried a little bit of PR and I tried a little bit of journalism and I definitely decided I like journalism more. And that got me into CNN, the Marshall Project, CBS. Um, so I think one thing that's important there for student athletes is just, I think it's really important to think about your future outside of just being an athlete because there comes a time when it's over. Um, so I tried to prioritize that for myself and I always try to get any student athlete I'm around to also think about that, what they enjoy doing and um, how they can develop professionally while they're in school. In terms of getting in with CNN, 
that was largely my journalism department would host events with recruiters. So I, everyone should take advantage of that going to events where they can meet people and network and like come with a resume and cover letter in hand. Um, that's what helped me professionally. So what inspired me for journalism is just, I really like telling stories and talking to people. Great. Yeah. It's funny you say that. Cause um, I went, I go to Syracuse and I went in as a journalism major and I kind of had that same process deciding between journalism and PR and I was kind of the flip I ended up now uh, focusing on PR more um, mm -hmm. but regardless uh, the next question I'm about to ask you is one that we discuss at Syracuse a lot and is very kind of crucial to our program there and I'm sure it is at Georgetown as well um, so obviously it's very relevant in our country right now what is your view on the role journalists play in our society um, and do you think they have a inherent responsibility to be leaders in you know democratic society for sure for sure journalists have a responsibility to be leaders um one of the beautiful things about journalism is that you can reach people like me talking to the people i know is one thing and i love it and i do it and i think it's been great about racial issues about sexual assault but one thing about journalism is you can reach people that you would otherwise not reach um, so, you know, journalists have a responsibility to be accurate and tell the story correctly. And I also think journalists have a role in uplifting voices that don't normally get heard. Um, like, I'm a Black woman going into journalism. It's mostly not that diverse. I don't know. It's right, mostly, yeah. Um, yeah, like a pretty white dominated industry. And I think it's important for people of color, minority journalists, to tell stories just because we may see it f through a different lens and there's a lot of questions and conversations about objectivity. Um, but I think being able to look at a situation through a certain lens or being able to relate to the people you're talking to and whose story you're telling might help to tell that story well yeah. and lead the conversation. Yeah, um, one thing, that we saw, and we talked about this in your bio, is that you were a Chip Squin scholar, and um, and that um, scholarship is really designed to help the di diversity problem in journalism. So, could you talk about that experience and how it kind of helped you pave the way? This is um, just timing-wise to talk about Chip Squin right now is honestly amazing because. So yes, they promote diversity in journalism. They support um, minority journalists and getting internships and networking, but also it's like the support system. I went through it in 2019 and I have my class of people. And when things come up like this, where it's like racial issues and journalism and what do we do? And as a journalist, especially me, I wanna go into politics. We can't be political online. Um, so then it's like, okay, well, what can we do? And it's just like a support system where we can lean on each other. Or if I'm ever wondering, am I allowed to post this? I can ask some older mentors who've been involved in Chips Quinn. Um, so it's just like a support system to talk about even like workplace discrimination sometimes that happens. Um, how you feel as a black journalist reporting on Black Lives Matter. Um, it's a whole thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, it sounds like something that's super important in a time like this to have that support system for you. But, um, and at the Marshall Project, you reported on criminal justice and the lingering effects of historical injustice. So based on that experience, what kind of leadership do you think is necessary in our country right now in regards to these issues? Yes, this is an interesting question. Okay, so I don't know if this answers your question, but since the coronavirus outbreak, everything that's covered criminal justice and um, jails and prisons is basically like, how do we limit the amount of people that come into jails and prisons because we don't want prison outbreaks of coronavirus? Like DAs have stopped um, arresting people on certain crimes and charging certain crimes. And now we have like, mass protests right across the united states mm-hmm. which is coronavirus in that setting is pretty scary but then you have like police arresting groups mass groups of people i just feel like this is going to be really interesting to see how this plays out in the criminal justice system um because you're trying to limit people coming in but you're also putting a lot of protesters in so we'll see how that goes that did not answer your question but no no take take this wherever you want no it's just gonna be interesting um to see how that goes but in terms of like the marshall projects it investigates the criminal justice system reports on it um i think that's a for me journalism is about shedding light on stories and for me specifically ones that are underrepresented and for the Marshall project, it's about um, holding power accountable, which is really important. Um, And I think it's really important to have news outlets that you trust that are going to tell accurate information um, and that are going to hold those places accountable, government, prisons. So looking forward to see what the Marshall project does with everything they have right now, coronavirus, um, Black Lives Matter, police brutality, it'll be interesting. But I think it's needed work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Right. Um, So, you know, during your time at Georgetown, you, you know, got experience in a lot of different places on the athletic court as a volleyball player, as a committee president, um, you know, leading an organization that way, and as a journalist in the field. Um, So how will you take the lessons of leadership and just the overall experience you gained kind of in all of these areas into your future career, wherever that may lead you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think SAC taught me a lot about the value in listening and the value in accurately relaying people's message. I think journalism and leadership is very, very similar. It's, it's not, I don't think it's ever really about you. It's about the people whose story you're telling or the group of people who you're leading or the cause you're going for in terms of leadership, not necessarily journalism, um, but how can you listen, get that information and how can you, relay that information and how can you use it productively i think all of that kind of ties in together i think also as a student athlete um working as a group for a larger purpose i think is the big idea of journalism athletics sac so i hope to continue to do that effectively to listen 
and to relay important messages in an effective way for progress. So you talked um, before about how important it is to, you know, listen uh, to people and really trying to understand their past experiences and where they come from and how that affects their reaction to certain things. Um, So right now in our country and in our communities, there just seems to be so much tension and people are just so anxious to jump at each other's throats. Mm -hmm. Can you just talk about like how important that is right now in particular to just Mm -hmm. take a second, listen, try to understand each other? That's definitely the most important thing that needs to happen right now. I, it's interesting having gone to Georgetown, Georgetown, like politically diversity wise, a very interesting place. So when I look at issues like this, it's, it's hard because you have one side that's really angry, that's really hurt, and that's expressing themselves how they see fit. And then you have, an, which I'm going to say is the Black community and their allies, our allies. And then there are people, honestly, I, I keep it really honest. There are people like Georgetown has a lot of people who are very privileged, who are raised in not very diverse environments, have never really had a conversation about race. And for some people, this is their first time ever being exposed to it. Um, So it's like, how do we channel our like anger, frustration and pain to like a productive way where the other side who doesn't really get it can understand if that makes sense? Yeah. How does the other side also not just look at like the effects like how people are responding but the underlying hurt or pain that's behind it how do we like mesh the two sides so that we can all work together um it's something that i've been thinking about a lot which stems from listening and having a productive conversation um so yeah i could see how a lot of people don't really understand the hurt and the pain like why are people rioting, burning stuff down, protesting? Um, but I think conversations about that are important. Just trying to understand the underlying history and causes behind that. Right. Um, and just to tie it back to Coach Levitt one more time, um, you know, very different situation, but I think it, you know, analogy can be drawn. Is he just mentioned like on his team with a lot of people, a lot of different backgrounds, obviously not as extreme, but in some cases as extreme. Um, you just mentioned like commute, like as much communication as possible is like the best remedy mm-hmm. um, for, you know, um, adversity. Mm-hmm. So I just think, yeah, I think that's, um, you know, kind of what you were saying, like, just like talk, 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 listen, 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 just communicate as much as possible, mm-hmm. communicate responsibly and, you know, with passion. Um, mm-hmm. And that it can kind of be a remedy for, you know. Yeah. Like, with that it's interesting for myself I've been having these conversations about race for lord knows how long and then everything blows up and I'm like it's a lot right now if you go on social media it's oh, a yeah. lot yeah it's overwhelming like yeah, yeah I know I'm yeah. like okay do I like engage and have try to have a conversation over social media right now 
or do for my own mental health just sort of disengage and like right. maybe revisit it in a week i've chosen the latter because i feel like it'll be more productive um like i can have a more calm conversation in a week um yeah. but yeah it's overwhelming yeah. yeah i mean i think too just like like obviously in the age of social media like social media like like twitter comment threads are not a productive environment to have discussions on issues this important and um, nuanced. Like, it's just not, you know, that environment is not going to do the trick. A, a better environment, you know, as you said, having productive conversations, like sitting down with someone face to face, you know, for a couple hours and like letting each other, you know, speak at length and listening like that. Um, so, yeah. I that's totally the thing agree. by the time you're like commenting on a twitter thread you've already made up your mind on the issue yeah, like right not, exactly i don't feel like most of those people are interested in having a dialogue um so yeah you're yeah. right sitting down and one thing i love that you said is when you have these conversations you know it can be uncomfortable sometimes and it can be kind of scary to even like get into them but i think it's so important as a leader and as a person to get out of your comfort zone, you know, and this is something that you learn in sports all the time. And like being a student athlete and everything, getting out of your comfort comfort zone is so important, mm -hmm. you know, cause you're not going to make progress in any other way, except if you join the conversation and you get out of your comfort zone and you talk about it. And um, yeah. yeah. One thing that's important about that, I think you learn is just in team sports, you have to, sometimes still work with and deal with teammates who you don't agree with or you're arguing at the time or you just mesh heads or you don't really work well together and you still have to find a way to be productive and try to win the game at the end of the day try to win the race and i think that can be an analogy for stuff like this we we can't just like dismiss each other right now um like we're in this together so we have to learn how to work towards our goal together. Yeah, yeah, I think that's, I think that's a really good point. And um, that's definitely something that me and Duncan, when we were captains of football in high school together, learned. And, you know, you're not always going to be agreeing with everyone at every moment, but you, you really have to work with each other for a common goal and mm. get into that. Yeah. But uh, – it looks like we're down to our last question that we <laughs> ask everyone. So uh, we won't take up too much more of your time, but who is a leader you look up to and why? In terms of leaders who I look up to, I'd say the biggest influences, influences in my life have been the people who have um, come before me literally and I've watched them lead sometimes for better or for worse. Um, like I've seen leadership go really great and I can learn from that. And I've seen leadership go really poorly and we can learn from both sides. Um, and I think in every different aspect of my life, so there's journalism, there's volleyball, there's the leadership of SAC, there are different people. Um, I don't know if I wanna get into naming names cause that will be a crazy. <laughs> no way. Um, yeah, there are a lot of journalists I look up to, especially a lot of um, Black journalists in politics. 
watching them navigate how to report on politics, also minority identity is really inspiring. Um, yeah, I did a really bad job of answering that question. No, that was yeah. fun. That was great. That was great. Everyone's, everyone's answer is different. It's not, okay. not yeah. good or bad. But yeah, um, all right. Well, that is all uh, the time we have for in this conversation. Uh, you, Margo. So thank you so much for coming on, taking your time to talk with us. Um, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Also, and, uh, can I just say thanks yeah, for having yeah. a conversation about race? Oh, of yeah. course. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. I mean, I think it's everyone's responsibility in this time to kind of, you know, talk about that wherever, you know, kind of tie it into anything you can. I think we'd be remiss if, you know, we wouldn't really be being responsible to kind of communicate about stuff without tying it in because uh, it's so relevant and important. So, yeah, again, thank you for coming on. Yeah. Really uh, appreciated that conversation. I thought it was pretty in-depth. So, yeah. yeah. Thanks, Margot. Yeah. Wow. That was a really insightful conversation that we just had with Margot there. She, just knowing her from Georgetown and everything she did for the Student Athlete Advisory Committee, she really was a very good president. We made a lot of progress in the Georgetown community, and um, she is a really good leader and someone that I look up to. So, Duncan, what was what was a point that you thought um, was powerful? Yeah. Um... Just like from the perspective as her role as the president of the committee there, she mentioned how like the summer before when she like started her, her role um, before the school year started, she just like sat down and thought to herself, like, where are we now? Um, where do we need to go and how do we get there? And I think that's really important to kind of have a roadmap and a vision when you're, you know, have such a high leadership role, like the president of the committee. Um, just asking those big questions, answering those, and that kind of guides, you know, kind of everything else you do. Uh, what about you, Sean? Yeah. Um, one thing that I really loved was just having a conversation and getting out of your comfort zone. You know, I think that's something that's super important, especially in times like these, is to really talk to people and listen to people and She's a person that has done that in uh, her leadership roles. And I think that's something we can all learn is just being able to get out of your comfort zone and really listen. Yeah. I mean, definitely something uh, I need to do more uh, and, you know, trying to do as much as possible because it helps, um, helps you communicate. And that was another point she made, um, you know, just communicate as much as possible. Like you need, you know, to really relate to people and, you know, be able to, to be able to lead them or to understand them better and, be less adversarial you just need to take the time to have a a thoughtful conversation like sit down listen to someone really try to understand their perspective whether you agree with them or not you know it doesn't matter that's those are the conversations we need to be having so and as we mentioned like social media like you know the comment thread is not a productive place to do that you don't have the time you know, to really explain your thoughts, you know, neither side does. And it's just, you know, so, so there's so much tension there. So really sit down face-to-face -face conversations, thoughtful conversations are really what we need, she thought. And I could not agree more. Yeah. And part of that, honestly, when you have conversations like this is, you know, when you're on a team with someone, you're not, you're not always going to be on a team with everyone you get along with or everyone you agree with, but 
in today's world, we really need to work together for a larger purpose. And, you know, we kind of got to forget about those, the things that we may not like about each other and just find some commonality and really go for it. And that's kind of what you brought up too. So. Yeah, totally. Um, so that's all we have for you guys today. Um, thought that was a great episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, in the meantime, before our next release, don't forget to follow our Twitter and Instagram pages at the stride pod. I'm Sean Devlin. And I'm Duncan Stevenson. Look out for our next episode dropping soon. But as always, we are The Stride. Thanks.